You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again at OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you make smarter trades. So thanks so much again for tuning in today. On today's show, we're going to be talking about paper trading, specifically what I believe to be some of the drawbacks of paper trading and why you've got to have skin in the game as an options trader. Now, if you're new to trading, this is going to be kind of like a basics episode. So some of you who are just tuning in or just getting started, in options trading, you might have questions like, should I start paper trading? Or if I am paper trading, how much further should I go with it? You know, should I reach certain goals? Should I make a certain amount of money? When do I stop paper trading and when do I start real money trading? And we're going to get into all of that here in today's show. Now, it might not likely be one of our longer episodes, and that's okay because I want to get right to the details and then obviously not drag on too much. But I want to first by start talking about some of the benefits of paper trading because I think there are a lot of benefits of paper trading. And truth be told, in whatever capacity you think of paper trading, I do believe that there is a lot of benefit in testing and backtesting strategies. So whether that means paper trading them in real time, or backtesting them in some uh, platform or retroactively historically looking at a trading strategy over time in paper or using a virtual account. I think there's a lot of benefit in doing that as far as your education and learning how to do things right. So the main benefit that I see to paper trading, and this is something I often tell people who are new in paper trading. So if you were sent this podcast from me directly, this is from me to you. And that main benefit is that it helps you get familiar with the mechanics behind how to trade. It helps you get familiar with the platform that you're on, how orders get into the market, how you set up an order, how pricing gets sets up, all of that stuff, the mechanics behind doing it. And so I can't discount the fact that that is the biggest single benefit to paper trading. So for example, if you're new to options trading and you don't know how to do an iron condor trade, I do not suggest that your first iron condor trade be a real money trade. You want to maybe paper trade an iron condor for a couple weeks so that you know how the mechanics work out. You know how to create the order and how to price the order and look at the bid-ask spread and uh, look at the probabilities and all of this other stuff that kind of goes into creating this type of an iron condor order. So those mechanics are really, really important to learn. Now, what people often do when they start paper trading is that they'll do these mechanics, but then they won't replicate them time and time again. And so what I tell people is that when you start paper trading, if you're going to do it right off the bat, do a lot of trades because it's just paper money at the end of the day. So my suggestion is if you're going to learn how to do an iron condor trade, pick 25 stocks or ETFs and do an iron condor trade on all 25, right? And all you're trying to do is learn how to ride the bike, how to pedal the wheels, if you will. And so it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, you can reset your account and start over the next day. And the next day, do another 25 iron condor trades or close out of the other ones, win, lose, or draw, whatever the position is, learn how to mechanically close out of the trade the next day. So that's one thing that I don't see people doing enough of in paper trading is that actually using the opportunity to use a platform and enter a lot of trades can quickly accelerate your learning curve because you have the ability in paper accounts or in a paper account to enter multiple orders at the same time, whereas you might not have that ability if you were trading in a real money account. 
Now, with paper trading, I also think it's really important to understand how to look at your overall portfolio and how to analyze a portfolio. This is, again, something that I don't see people doing enough with paper trading. So one of the benefits in paper trading is the ability to start looking at portfolio balance, beta weighting, etc. So my suggestion is start adding a bunch of new positions. It doesn't matter what they are. Just add 10 totally random off the cuff. Ask your wife, your kid, your coworker, your grandmother, whoever, what positions and if they're bullish or bearish in something add a bunch of positions, then go back and retroactively look at your portfolio balance, beta weight your portfolio, and now start to ask yourself, what types of positions do I need in my portfolio to get me back to neutral? So if it's my equity curve a little bit too bullish or a little bit too bearish, now use paper trading as a great learning tool for you to go in and be able to simulate how to rebalance your portfolio. So simulate adding some credit spreads or adding some strangles and what that does. And and then place those trades and then come back another day or two and look at the portfolio uh, over time. So, okay, now another day or two has passed. Now that the market's moved, where's my account? Is my account still too bullish or still too bearish or is just perfect right now? So these are some of the things that I think even veteran traders, somebody who's traded real money for a long time and hasn't really paper traded for a while can get a lot of benefit out of because you can go back and again, retroactively test all of these mechanics that are really, really important. Why wait two months to see the impact of 10 trades if you can do it immediately in a paper trading account just to, again, learn how to pedal the bike and you know kind of uh, move the gears here. Now, when we transition over to some of the drawbacks to paper trading, because although there are some good benefits to paper trading, I think that by far, the drawbacks of paper trading kind of outweigh the reality or the fun gameness of paper trading when you get started. I personally believe, and I'll say this right up front, I personally believe you've got to, as soon as you can, so whatever that time frame is for you, a couple days, a couple weeks, a month, whatever it is, as soon as you are able, you've got to start trading with real money. And the reason that you have to do that is because right off the bat, it emotionally connects you to the market you start acting differently when it's your money versus somebody else. And that's in everything that you do. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do in life or if you work for a company. If you own a company and you're the business owner, you make different decisions than if you work for a company and you're just an employee. And that's not saying that either one is good, bad, or indifferent. It's just the reality of the situation. When it's your money, you make different decisions. And so you've got to have skin in the game early on. Now, it doesn't mean that if you have a $10,000 account that you should start trading all $10,000. So please don't, you know, get me, you know, misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. I'm saying make at least one trade. And that's why I often say on our free and pro member webinars is when you get started, just make one trade. It doesn't have to be all of your account balance. Make a single one lot, $1 wide credit spread trade, because I guarantee that making that first trade, just getting over that initial hump will then start to uh, make you think a little bit different. You'll start to act a little bit different because now you've got real money in the game. The other reason that I think you have to have real money in the game is because one, it forces you to start making some serious decisions about how you're going to go about generating income. When you're paper trading, you're kind of all over the place. You're a little bit loosey-goosey with things. And to be honest with yourself, you know you are if you've paper traded before. You kind of try this, you kind of try that, and all that, you know, you try all this jazz and all these shiny things that you're, you know, seeing online or read online or heard on blogs or podcasts. And you're trying all kinds of stuff because you're paper trading because whatever, right? It's a fake money. It doesn't matter. But when you start making real money trades, 
it's like graduating from college and going to the real world, right? Like you're now an adult. You now have real money at risk. Now you've got to start making some serious decisions about how you allocate. And what that also means is that sometimes that means that you have to be more patient. You have to be more diligent. You have to research trades a little bit more. And those are all good things. Don't rush the framework. Don't rush the system and try to jump ahead and skip steps. So I often tell people in one of the analogies that you'll probably hear all the time, is that when you know a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it really struggles in its cocoon to break free. But that struggle is needed because that's how it builds its muscles, its strength to be able to fly later on. And the same thing happens when you transition from paper trading to real trading. There's going to be a struggle. There's going to be a transition point where paper trading is easy. You can create any account size you want and there's no commissions in most cases and, and everything is really easy. But there's a struggle as you transition. Embrace that struggle. That's good. That's, that's what you want. You want to have a little bit of a pushback and it should be a little bit difficult as you get started with real money trading because it's ultimately going to make you better. Now, another thing I will say when you start trading with real money and maybe one of the drawbacks of paper trading is that when you have paper trading, oftentimes, I've often seen this. In fact, I got an email like two or three days ago from somebody who said, well, you know, I didn't do so good paper trading, but you know, I'm going to do better with real money trading. And the reality is, is that you probably won't. So I think one of the drawbacks of paper trading is it gives you false sense of, okay, that's fake money. It's not really what you know could happen. I'm going to try to trade for real. So I do think that there's a little bit of benefit in trying to figure out a system and work that system early on in paper trading and be successful in doing it before you transition over to real money. A couple things that you'll learn as you transition over to real money is the following. One, fills are not as easy as they are in paper trading. Sorry to tell you, but there's a lot of paper trading systems out there, probably think or swim to a certain degree, which fills you automatically as long as you're at the right bid and ask price. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get filled in real time in the real market. Oftentimes, and we do this a lot in our real trading updates that you'll see on our website where we record our screen in real time, you'll see that my order might be in there working at the exact price that everyone else is trading, but I just don't get filled for maybe 30 minutes, two hours, three hours at some Sometimes it takes a long time for some of these things to trade and fill, and we're trading really high liquid ETFs and stocks. So one of the drawbacks to paper trading is that it fills much quicker than would actually fill in the real market. And what that means is that you might actually get much different pricing in the real market than if you're paper trading. Another reason why you've got to start real money trading early on so you get the feel and the hang of actual fills in the market. And finally, one of the biggest drawbacks to paper trading that I see all too often is that people will not represent their true account size when starting a paper trading account. Now look, it's very easy for you to open up a paper trading account at pretty much any brokerage and get uh, imaginary or virtual $100,000, but that's not the reality. And we all know that, but we still just trade that and we think to ourselves, well, I'll just only trade $5,000 because I have $5,000. No, call them up, ask them to reset your paper trading account. In most cases, they will. They'll adjust it down. Change your account balance to truly represent the money that you plan on starting with. Because again, it's just a a psychological thing. When you see your account, paper trading account, at 100,000 and then it goes down to 90, 90 still seems like a pretty big number, but you lost 10 grand. If you started that account with $10,000 and then it went down to $2,000, psychologically, you're now thinking in the mindset of maybe I I have almost blown up my account trading. So I think that's a huge drawback in paper trading is a lot of these brokerage firms just give you an 
basically infinite amount of money you can start with or whatever you want to simulate. And that's really not the case. You really need to adjust that account balance down so that you are starting truly with the amount of money that you have in your account or even less. I often tell people, you know, if you think you're going to start with $15,000, great. Start with 10 in a paper account and try it out for a couple weeks and see what happens. Okay. So hopefully this podcast has been helpful. Like I said, it's been a pretty short show, so not a long show. I don't want to drag this thing out. I think that paper trading definitely has its place in the marketplace to learn the mechanics, but ultimately you need to get in there and start making real money trades. That is what is going to get you to where you want to be in your trading goals and with your income and wealth goals. Now, our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we answer a question from one of our current members of our options trading. Got a question you'd like to answer? Live on air? Just head over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. Hey, Kirk, this is Brennan from Dallas, Texas. Just wanted to tell you that I'm loving all the training at Option Alpha and the tracks have been a huge time saver for me. So thanks for all you do. Question regarding trading surrounding earnings and company announcements. Do you think it's important to take into consideration the direction in which the stock might move after earnings before placing a trade? Again, love what you do. Hey, Brennan, thanks for submitting the question. And I think it's a good one. I think a lot of people, when they get started with earnings trades, try to look at a stock and say, okay, what is everyone expecting in the market? Are they expecting, you know, for example, the company to blow out earnings and have a great quarter? or to really miss and you know drop a lot but i think the reality is is that you can't actually make a determinant on where the market's going to go after earnings you have to place all of your earnings trades as neutral as possible and the reason that you have to do that is because you don't ultimately know what the market reaction is going to be to a company that announces earnings and has great earnings or has bad earnings it totally would depend on how the market reacts. And I'll give you a couple examples. A lot of times in uh, back in, and I just know this specifically, I'm sure it's happened before this, but or since then too, but a lot of times back in 2012 and 2013, when Apple was announcing earnings, they were just beating quarter after quarter after quarter. But then people caught on to the fact that Apple was always going to beat their earnings expectation but they weren't beating it by enough of a margin. So maybe they had increased revenue by 50% and that was more than, you know, their analysts had expected, but it wasn't what the market expected. And so a lot of times you actually saw Apple drop after they had had a really great quarter because the market expected them to do even better than the analysts had expected. And same thing on the reverse. There's a lot of companies where the market will expect them to lose money and people will be playing up a, a big downside move in the stock, but then the company will lose less money than the market expected. And so therefore it'll reverse and it'll actually trade higher because they still lost money, but they lost less money in there maybe on a different trajectory. So I think that's the the complication that you have with earnings trades is you don't want to get too directionally focused in your trade. You want to be, uh, be as neutral as possible and try to just purely take advantage of that volatility drop. That's all we're looking to do is take advantage of that quick volatility drop in earnings that happens after the event. So again, thank you so much for your question. Remember, if you'd like to get your question answered here on the podcast live or on Facebook and Periscope in the future, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask. We are on a first come first serve basis. So the quicker you get your question in, the quicker you're going to hear it on the show. And again, click the big red button in the middle of the screen. Leave me a private voicemail. There's no software to download or install. It's really, really easy to do. Now, before we get into the closing bell segment where we're actually going to look at a trade that has to deal with earnings in Apple, I wanted to let you know that you can get our special podcast freebie today, which is our ultimate option strategy guide. It's completely revamped, 90 pages, start to finish, exactly what you need to know about 
choosing a strategy, executing the strategy, and it's got a bunch of quick checklists at the end for each individual type of strategy. What you need to know about entries, exits, profit-taking levels, stop losses, etc. Again, it's completely free and you can get it by going to optionalpha.com slash ebook or by texting in the word strategies, that's all one word, to the short code 44222. So text in the word strategies to 44222. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, we're actually going to look at a not earnings trade, but a trade that has to deal with earnings because earnings are coming up in Apple. And so I thought that today's question in the Ask a Trader segment was actually pretty good because it has to deal with Apple and earnings. And I use that as my example. So right now, as we look at this trade here in Apple, at the time we're doing this video, it's September 15th. And we're looking at Apple potentially having a nice increase in volatility as it heads into earnings. So at the time of this video, Apple's trading about 115 or so and has had a huge run up in the last four days. It's basically gone from a little over $100 all the way up to 115 in the last four days. Now, I don't care who you are or what you think about the market or Apple. That's a big run for a stock in a short period of time, even a stock as big as Apple. And so my personal opinion on this is that the stock is going to trade sideways from here for a little bit or within a defined range here over the next couple of days as we get closer to earnings. And so what I want to do is take advantage of this in two different ways. I want to take advantage of maybe the sideways or neutral trading that's going to happen here in earnings or in the stock after this big run up. And I want to also take advantage of the fact that right now volatility is really low in Apple and we do have an earnings event that's coming up in about a month. And so when that earnings event gets closer, we might see a rise in volatility. So for those two reasons, we're going to go ahead and do a put calendar spread right at the money here for Apple. So the calendar spread is going to be great because it's going to hopefully take advantage of this rise in, in implied volatility heading into the earnings event. And by doing the put calendar right at the money at the 115 strikes, we're basically going to build this payoff diagram that's right over where the stock price is now and give ourselves a little bit of room for Apple on each side. But still, hopefully we'll see Apple just kind of trade sideways or in a defined range here for the next two and a half weeks or so. So in this case, again, we're selling the front month October options and those are the 115 puts. We're selling those and then buying the back month, which is the November options, the 115 puts as well, again in November. And we take in a, or sorry, pay a net debit of $195. Now this is a little bit more in price than we usually pay for a calendar because we usually tilt our calendars a little bit out of the money on one side or the other. In this case, we're doing it right at the money. So we have to pay a little bit more money for this one. So it's a $200 investment for Apple. We're going to do a couple contracts on this. The probability of profit here is about 56, 57% or so, depending on the strike prices and how, or depending on the uh, implied volatility and how wide it gets. But generally speaking, I think this is going to be a good trade. We could, you know, quickly take off a $25 or 25% profit here, as long as Apple stays pretty neutral over the next week and a half and if implied volatility starts to rise. So again, we're going to play earnings a little bit different here than what we talked about in the Ask uh, Trader Q&A segment, but I think generally it's going to be a pretty good trade. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com.
All right, so I truly hope you enjoyed today's show as always and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, any links mentioned in the show and the related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 66. That's just the number 66, optionalpha.com slash show 66. Until next time, happy trading.